Mark 14. It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth and kill him, for they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, Why was the ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than three hundred denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you. And whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. Where is my guest room, and where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There, prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and to say to him, and one after another, Is it I? He said to them, It is one of the twelve. One who is dipping bread into the dish with me. But the Son of Man goes, it is written of him. But woe to the man that by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them, and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. 
Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him and lead him away under guard. And when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi! And he kissed him. And they laid hands on him and seized him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I was with you in the temple, teaching, and you did not seize me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. And they all left him and fled. And a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body, and they seized him. But he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. And they led Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together. And Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. And some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. Yet even about this their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But he remained silent and made no answer. Again the high priest asked him, are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments and said, What further witnesses do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike him, saying, Prophesy! And the guards received him with blows. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came. And seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with the Nazarene, Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and began to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again he denied it, and after a little while the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, 
I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus said to him, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. End of reading. Okay, this is one of the longer chapters in Mark. Um, you know, lots of iconic moments here. You have Jesus at the Last Supper. You have the Garden of Gethsemane. And you have his, uh, his trial, his fake trial. And then outside of that, you have, uh, you know, Peter's three denials moment. So let's go uh, portion by portion here. Uh, before that, one thing that stood out to me while I was reading this was how Jesus was giving many signs of how he knew what was going to happen. Like he knew divinely what was going to happen. Not like he was predicting or whatever. He was giving like weirdly specific details. For example, in verse 13, it's go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. <laughs> Uh, so that's, that's like weirdly specific. It's like, how did, how does he know that? He's not saying, oh, go into the city and like find some person. It's going to a city, go into the city. And there's this specific man carrying a jar of water. And, you know, we're going to use, he's going to show you a large upper room furnished and ready. Um, so there you have oddly specific details there. He also says in the. The episode, oh, I forgot to mention the part with the woman coming and breaking the alabaster flask, and it's a very expensive ointment, and people are like, whoa, like, why'd she do that? That's another really iconic moment that's in here. Um, but in that one, too, he says in verse 8, she has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. So right there, he's continuing his uh, his you know, his whole thing of he's predicting the, the future, which is that he's going to be killed and die, be buried. Uh, and then in verse 9, he also says another one. I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her, which we're literally doing right now, 2,000 years later. <laughs> in, you know, way, way far away from where this happened. Uh, so, yeah, this... Her story has gone out into the whole world and is proclaimed wherever the gospel is proclaimed. Uh, so that's pretty neat. Uh, another one is, is of course, where Jesus predicts the rooster. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. So very specific numbers here. He's not saying, you'll, you'll deny me eventually. He's saying, before the rooster crows twice, so there's a specific time frame, you will deny me. Uh, so Jesus is showing there again, he, he has divine knowledge of what's happening. Uh, another one is, you know, the prayer itself, where he says in verse 35, going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Uh, of course, cause he knows, he knows what's in front of him. Um, and he's also predicting who's going to betray him not someone generically is going to betray me it's one of the 12 is going to betray me and he knew even further who it was that was going to betray him he just didn't reveal it to his disciples he knew 
he knew exactly who it was that was going to betray him. So uh, Jesus knows all these specific details. He's totally in control. He's totally aware of what's going on. And this is totally his voluntary giving of himself. Um, and that that is exemplified in verse 22. As they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. So he's giving his body. It's not, oh, my body was broken, so by other people, they violated me, so just go ahead and use that. Let's just, you know, make use of it. This is his giving of his body. He's doing it because he wants to. Take, this is my body. And then he takes the cup, and he says, this is the this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Then he says another thing that's that's of the future. Truly, I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it in the new kingdom of God. So he has he has this full perspective of what's happening. That's why he's doing it. And this is totally his will. You know, this is not a tragedy in the sense of, oh, man, something Something horrible happened that he wasn't expecting, that he that he didn't want to happen, that ruined everything. This is not a tragedy in that sense. This is this is Jesus accomplishing his victory. He will drink this. He will drink this fruit of the vine again in the new kingdom of God. That's his. That's his victory right there. Um, this is the blood of this of this covenant that he's pouring out. Uh, it is a it is a promise. It is a pact that he is fulfilling um, for his his father's will, his will, and uh, for the good of those people who would believe in him. Uh, the other thing here is I always find it interesting that the people trying to frame him, they still can't even get that to work. Verse 59, their testimony, yet even about this, their testimony did not agree. Verse 56. Many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. I've always found that really interesting and like kind of kind of funny that <laughs> they couldn't even they couldn't even get their their scam of okay let's let's arrest Jesus and 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 punish him as a criminal. They couldn't even get that right, and that couldn't even work because of how because of how perfect he was. The accusations themselves couldn't even stick, and. It had to be Jesus himself. Uh, it had to be Jesus indicting himself, basically. The, the the process only moves forward when Jesus says, I am. You will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power. So even, <laughs> even the trial itself, the only testimony that that worked was Jesus' own testimony of himself, which is that he is he is the Christ. He is the Son of Man. He is the one with power. Um, so I've always found that kind of funny about people working against Jesus but also a very a very powerful statement of Jesus's of Jesus's royalty and his control over everything um verse 14 or not verse 14 uh chapter 2 sorry <laughs> verse 2 where it says that they were trying to arrest him by stealth and kill him that's another interesting point to me that it's like, okay, well, if you have such a problem with Jesus, why do you why do you have to do it in secret? Why do you have to do it in stealth? Why do you have to do it not in front of other people? Because they know they know it's it's wrong. Because they know it's it's a scam what they're doing. Verse two. 
not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. So, you know, the this is like what Jesus says in John 3, where it's, you know, those who love the darkness hate the light because the light exposes that their deeds are are evil. Uh, so there's an awareness here that it's that, okay, we have to do it in secret. We have to do it under the cover of darkness because it's wrong. And Jesus willingly enters into enters into that that darkness, that dark hour to accomplish his his purpose. So uh, what I really like about this chapter is it shows the total control and knowledge that Jesus has over everything. It's totally voluntary. It's totally him laying down his life. This is totally according to his father's plan, his plan. That's why he says, um, not not what I will, but what you will. Um, all of this stuff is happening according to, to Jesus' plan. And even in the the darkest hour of, of human history right here, uh, God was a con- God was and did accomplish his perfect purpose for all of all of human history, the redemption of all those who would believe in him. So, you know, it's a really it's a really uh, sad, sorrowful chapter. But it's uh, in the midst of that that sorrow and sadness and darkness. Jesus is moving forward his plan uh, to accomplish his purpose. So grow with the growth that's from God.